Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Diet Riot Podcast with Alyssa Miller and Brooke Miller, both dietitians, both moms, both Why do guys. I, I'm getting worse at it. <laughs> We're on only <laughs> almost episode 70 and Alyssa it's, can't I figure it out. can't do it. We need a script. No, How did you graduate college? I don't know. It's a great <laughs> question. Um, not with mom brain is what I did. Yeah, that's true. Oh, lordy. Um, both live in Colorado. Both from the Midwest. Both here doing this podcast together. Yep, that's what? all we need. Yes. Um, and today we have an awesome guest that actually Brooke and I um, work with, or I worked with, um, who we met through work. And she's incredible and amazing and super smart and an amazing writer, too. And so um, we have her on today to talk about Ayurveda nutrition, right? Did I say that right? You said it right. Yeah. yeah. I, wrote, I had to write it out phonetically, you guys. <laughs> I know, I did too. So, um, Brittany, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us, you know, what you're doing, how you got here and how you got into this kind of scope of nutrition. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I just want to add in your list of both, both splitting ear pad headphones, Ooh, which yeah. is really adorable right uh, now. Uh, uh, like true professionals. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like for everyone sisters. that can't. Eve Miller's over cute. here. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this whole time I'm going to be talking with like a smile on my face because <laughs> you guys are so cute to look at right now. Uh-huh. We're so nice and cozy. I didn't even yeah. shower today and now Alyssa mm. has to be next to me. I didn't shower either. So we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. Well, there, there's another both. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Both not showered. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um. But so hello everyone that doesn't know me. Yes. My name is Brittany and I am also a dietitian as Alyssa and Brooke said um my nine to five job is being a tube feeding dietitian so that's like my super right brain time that i use science um in my professional life and then i would say my like outside nine to five gig is that i am a little bit more of a hippie so i am super into yoga i would say i've been doing yoga for about 15 years Um, I'm a certified yoga teacher, but rather than actually leading me to teach yoga, I dabbled in that. And then my teaching in yoga really led me to become interested in Ayurveda, which is like the sister, I don't want to use the word science. They say the sister science to yoga, but it's, it's a, it's coupled with yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's how I found Ayurveda and I've really just, I'd say over the last five to 10 years gone down the rabbit hole of that because I feel like um, as someone who tends toward more natural medicine, but also really wants science to like back up what I'm saying and what I'm doing and what I believe, uh, I found that it's like you have to know everything about something to know whether or not it's like a load of baloney Mm -hmm. or like actually worth learning about. So I had to learn enough about it to know whether or not I even bought into it. Turns out I do. I think it's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Spoiler Um, alert. She's in. Yeah, I'm in. And the more that I learn, the more that I learn that it all agrees. So I just, uh, yeah, I know you guys are into intuitive eating. Ayurveda is all about intuition and kind of um, introspection. And so I just thought like, hey, these are uh, great topics that go together. So yeah. 
Yeah, they marry really well together. It's really like almost, I don't, okay, let's preface by saying Brooke and I are very new to the Ayurveda, like, arena. Yes. (laughs) Very new. We both do yoga. So Yes, I did yoga yesterday. We've definitely been tiptoeing around it. (laughs) And I know that, like, the basics that I do know is that, like, yoga and the Ayurveda go hand in hand or, like, is yoga considered like an Ayurveda practice or is that saying it wrong? Yes. Yeah. So um, the word Ayurveda like literally means knowledge of life. Okay. Would love Um, to have more of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We could all use a little more knowledge. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. So that, you know, has been around for like 5,000 years. It was, as you know, like um, when we talk about Pangea, like the way that the world like first started forming and then spread it really the epicenter was like around the area of India so this was like the first form of health knowledge Mm -hmm. and then as it evolved it you know also grew the branch of yoga so Ayurveda you can think of that as knowing about life and how all things interplay and then yoga is like how you actually put that into action so yoga is the action. Ayurveda is the knowledge behind why, if that makes sense. Cool. So a lot yeah, of that totally things, makes sense. Yeah. Like a lot of things that you do through yoga, like the breath work or meditation, um, are Ayurveda. You're practicing Ayurveda, mm-hmm. but you're, you're learning that in yoga class because not many of us go to sit down to like an Ayurveda class necessarily. Right. Although they're more common, which is really neat. That is cool. See. Yeah. Have you been to a class specifically for Ayurveda? Oh, gosh, many. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so I first learned about it really in my yoga teacher training. Um, you guys know, being dietitians, it's like anything that has to do with nutrition. I'm totally into it, and I'm totally into it through a lens of like, are you for real? Or are you, totally. Yeah, or are you being kind of dumb about this? Like, do you know what you're saying or not? And the yeah. person who did the presentation wasn't a dietitian, so I was fully amped to in my like judgment, judging mind, be like, mm-hmm, like, uh-huh, sure. Tell me more. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They think they know what they're talking about, but I learned, and this is what I would love to like kind of get a little bit into. I learned through what that person was saying. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know what? Nothing that they're saying disagrees with what I believe through science. Yep. And actually a lot of it like sits better with me just because it sounds a little more romantic. It's a mm-hmm. little more connected to nature and to um, cycles and change, you know, whereas I think through science, sometimes we say like, this is what's good. This is what's bad. And uh, so black and white. Yeah. So black and white. And we don't teach people how to change based on how they're feeling or their cycle in life. Um, So yeah, I love things that like we feel in our like very deepest soul to be true. And then when science catches up to that is such a cool experience to live. Yes. Isn't that so great? Well, it's like I we've talked about this before with like organic food or things like that or like local foods. It's like, well, I know I feel better and I like the idea of this organic. But a lot of the research is still like iffy and wishy-washy and I'm like but I have a good feeling that one day we're gonna have the scientific research to back it up (laughs) yes it feels better yes I'm a big I'm I feel like we're all probably the exact same way we're like super into research and love when research supports something but like Mm -hmm. we're also very good at looking at that research and say okay who's it funded by what's like the motive behind this research and is it really something that I need to live and die by or is this just something to add to my like stockpile of knowledge towards how I want to live my life, you know? And, and like, this is, I don't know, the Ayurveda 
life that I know of it. And this is what I was trying to say is like Brooke and I are learning alongside you listeners (laughs) because we're still (laughs) brand new to it. But it almost feels like okay, you've been an intuitive eater for a while. Now let's actually get into like the gentle nutrition and like how to actually listen to your body. Because sometimes I think people get really overwhelmed with that. Like, how do I listen to my body? What are you talking about? And we can go into like the hunger fullness cues and scales and things like that. But to really get to know your body, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the Ayurvedic way is like almost like a good indicator of how to actually listen to your body and rooted in 5,000 years of experience from people all around the world, right? Yes, yes. I'm like waving my hand <laughs> in the air with like excitement because like, yeah, that's exactly it. Like it's the same thing, all agrees. And it just gives you a vocabulary, right. a vocabulary to talk about yourself and how you're feeling and to describe it. And then a vocabulary that also you can use to talk about nature and describe nature and then maybe compare how the two of you flex with each other. And yes, I refer to nature as a you. That's the, <laughs> that's the woo. But um, yeah, <laughs> long answer to your question. But yes, yeah, so I learned about it in that one weekend course. And then I really went down the rabbit hole after that. I went to um, a two-week course at a yoga institute in Chicago. I followed the teacher of that out here to Boulder, Dr. Dulyard, who's a um, very well-known Ayurvedic practitioner. He actually used to run... Um, the Ayurvedic Institute with Deepak Chopra. The two of them did that together. And then essentially um, they split. Dr. Julia does his own gig now in Boulder. Deepak Chopra is, of course, still doing his thing now in California. Um, I wrote for Deepak Chopra for about three years. Lots of articles still up on his website about Ayurveda. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I've split from that. So if anyone anyone feels the spark from this podcast, Mm -hmm. I think um, that might be... A great place to start would be Dr. Dilliard's website or Deepak Chopra's website. And you can just Google my name on there. And there's a lot of articles too. Great. We'll link those below for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I think, well, I think what I like so much about this is because like science and doctors, they just kind of look at everything through a lens, like studies show that this causes this, but they don't look at the individual necessarily, but this is more focused on, this is what's how I feel. This is what's working for me rather than like a physician just looking at you through a lens, like, well, this works for most people. So it's going to work for you, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, like every medication doesn't work the same way on a person, just like, um, yeah, like something we eat may not resonate with you the same way it resonates with me. So I I love this whole idea of like thinking of how this works for you and each individual rather than the whole population. Yes, 1000%. And it helps fill in the gaps for us as dietitians. Like as you know, nine times out of 10 research will say like, well, like different for different people. So we always say, you know, for recommendations for acid reflux or for heart disease, um, I guess, I guess it's evolving when we, when we became dietitians, it said like, here's the blanket recommendation. Right. Now they've gotten to a place where they know enough to say this recommendation often works, but not always. So try it and then see how it works for you and your body. Mm-hmm. And then now they're almost getting to this like incredible place where they're starting to say like, or you can get this genetic profile done and we can tell you how totally. it works for you, which you know, none of that's wrong. I'm sure that that is all right. But it's just so funny because things like Ayurveda, this 5,000 year old science 
has explained why that is the case all along. Yes. And this is the thing of like marrying that Western medicine and Eastern medicine, like what makes sense for each as individuals. And sometimes, you know, over here, we're kind of like easy to dismiss some of those like ancient rituals of like, but they were they had far less distraction probably with like focusing in on their body. So where that medicine kind of is rooted in is much more in being in tune with their body and listening much better than we probably are now with all the distractions that we have. So although we're usually pretty easy to like wipe it away and be like, Oh no, you can take your crystals and your gems and your feelings and go over there and we're going to use medicine and science. And it's like such a cool experience to see the bridging of the gap of like, Oh, and we're so new, right? Like over here in America, we're so baby and like in our infancy in nutrition and medical science, even though we're making huge strides and have a ton of technology behind us, like a lot of it's just now catching up with like, oh, wait, maybe we need to circle back into this idea of intuition, which is really cool. So um, I wanted to jump in. So you talked about some verbiage and just some of this, like the, can you break down the I I was going to say it wrong. I knew I was going to do it. I always want to say Ayurvedic, but it's not right. (laughs) No, Ayurvedic um, ideas and kind of like how you can kind of categorize generally, you know, Mm -hmm. yourself and what you might be feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So this is, you know, it's an entire world that really you can go so deeply into. Mm -hmm. I actually prefer to stay a little on the surface of it. Um, I think that like, as far as just a good everyday practice, it is great to learn um, what you are as when you're in balance, how that feels, to help to identify and describe when you're out of balance, how that feels, and then to learn a few easy ways to bring yourself back into balance. And then that's where I actually like to end my practice of Ayurveda. So yeah, it's kind of like preventative care and just staying balanced. Um, I still think there's a huge place for curative medicine, of course, once an imbalance happens. Um, So, okay, yes, I'm going to dive in. And then this is where it's up to you guys to stop me if I'm getting a little (laughs) too like granola, tell me to stop, tell me to pull out or just uh, explain a little more. But um, so yes, the entire science of Ayurveda is based on this basic belief that everything in the universe, living or not living, contains qualities of the earth elements. So Mm -hmm. the earth elements are air, fire, water, and ether. Ether being like space or absence of anything at all. So they take these qualities and they say that you literally can describe the qualities of air, of space, of fire, of water, of earth, um, and use those qualities to describe absolutely everything Mm -hmm. in the universe. So um, we're going to take it one step further now. They then, uh, they use the word doshas. Dosha just means like your quote unquote type. They Mm -hmm. say mind body type. So the three doshas in Ayurveda are called kapha, pitta, and vata. And within that, kapha has the qualities of earth and water. So that is like the heavy more grounded, just think like thick, sometimes maybe more sluggish um, dosha. Pitta is the uh, fire pitta. So um, when you think of pitta, and it actually, it's fire and water. Everyone always forgets about the water because pittas are so categorized as being fiery. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but fire and water, so you think of uh, water has no problem moving. It's like really mobile. Um, fire, obviously, fiery, has the ability to consume, has the ability to transform things. Um, you know, fire can burn things down to ash to smoke. Um, so that's kapha, pitta, and then vata is like the light and airy dosha. That dosha is air and ether. So air and then just like space, absence of. Mm -hmm. So when you think of qualities that would go with that, it's uh, moving, really light, you know, really airy, dry. Um, and you can think of, you know, for all of these things, of course, there's positive characteristics of that. And then there can be like out of balance characteristics. So um, looking at those three, I would say... Uh, Sorry, that was my dog. Puppy shake. Yeah. <laughs> Puppy shake. Might have been doing it too. You'll Come probably here, hear. buddy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so like really loosely, I like to um, just kind of nickname them all because I feel like nicknames for us tend to like work better than using these like, you know, Hindu names. Right. Um, so Vata, I call like the butterfly. It's like the light flitting here, there, and everywhere, dosha. Pitta is the bull, like fiery, strong. Like who do you want as your best friend that like has your back? You want the pitta always. Um, and then kapha is the rock. So that is, you know, grounded, solid, um, everything you would think of when you just think of just a sturdy rock. So, yeah. and so these are kind of like, for those of you who are into like personality tests, like there oh, are quizzes on yes. like, yes, totally into like an Enneagram. Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. yes. Um, so that so you can actually take quizzes online, right. To figure out which dosha you more so represent. And it, correct yes. me if I'm wrong. My basic knowledge is like, we all have all three. It's basically, yes which one are you more dominant in, correct? Yes, okay. exactly. They do I think say, I'm a pitta for sure. <laughs> yeah, you are. Ah! And, you have, and you have some kapha too. And Brooke, mm -hmm. you're super pitta as well. Uh, I, yeah. I would venture to say dietitians tend to be pitta. Yeah. yeah. We're competitive. We tend to be kind of type A. That's all pitta. You're sure. Yep. Organized. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And maybe I can send you guys a link to a quiz that sure. uh, Deepak uses. That's pretty, pretty good. Um, but yeah, yeah, exactly. It'll tell you which, which dojas. Usually people will have all three, but right. it'll say like, you're like maybe 80% this one, 10% this one. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing about your dosha is uh, Ayurvedic practitioners believe it doesn't really change. Like you're okay. kind of predisposed to have a certain personality profile for yourself mm -hmm. and then throughout life you can be in balance or out of balance but mostly your balanced state is going to be about the same uh, percentage of each of the doshas okay gotcha hmm. so yeah so we can link to that quiz and I would like um anyone interested actually to take that because then that'll help us with the next step I wanted to touch on then which is like well, what do you do with that? Yeah. Um, once you kind of know your constitution. Mm -hmm. So, um, and this is where like, man, okay, next step down the rabbit hole now. So now <laughs> we know like there's these three doshas or personality types 
that contain different mixes of the earth elements. Well, I started by saying it's not just people that have these. It's kind of, it's everything. You could describe everything by using words you would just use to describe the earth elements. Mm -hmm. So um, as people, our life cycles are this way. Like when we're babies, they say that's a kapha time of life. You're kind of immobile. Like just think of a baby. A baby is just like wet. They're just there. Lavery (laughs) there. Yeah, depend on you to move them. Just like all this latent energy that's about to grow, but it's not there yet. Um. And then we move into Pitta is like puberty, which you can imagine, like mm-hmm. we are wanting to like transform, you know, create our careers, create a home, create new life. Um, so that's like a big fiery building period. And then later in life is the Vata period. And that's where um, it's like a, a natural transition is that eventually toward the end of the normal lifespan people move away from this transformative need to like go 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 push 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 and then just be a little more content Mm -hmm. um you know even down to vata like people's bones naturally get a little more brittle with aging um you get more uh forgetful your brain can start to go these are all qualities of vata Mm -hmm. so the lifespan follows this cycle um just the same the seasons follow the cycle so ayurveda divides the year into three seasons um fall and winter is one season and fall and winter is heavy vata Mm -hmm. so lightness um air dry you think of um and then the next season is spring, which is heavy kapha. Sure. And again, you, you can like see how all these things agree. Like spring totally feels like a baby. Like it's like wet, heavy, um, like seeds waiting to sprout and grow, but still this like latent energy. And then summer, of course, is pizza because that's like the hot um, burning season. Fiery. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um so lifespan seasons, and then I would say even every day follows these cycles. Hmm. So the day is broken up into kapha, vata, pitta, time span. And I promise I'm going to come back around to why this all matters. It's going to tie into my basic recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel um, it. It's like you can oh, totally good. Like track with it. And oh, I'm excited for the day one because this is when someone broke up the day for me and made me like this was when I was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally Pitta. Like Pitta, Pitta. pitta. I say it wrong, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. But yeah. it was like, okay, that's when I have my energy or whatnot. But yeah, okay. So go into the day. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the times of the day follows the cycle. And I wrote this down so I wouldn't get the exact hours wrong here. But um, so 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. is the kapha time of the day. So again, kind of latent energy. Um, you think of the types of foods you want to eat, like, you know, like warm spiced cereals are really common, um, heavier foods. And then 10 to 2 is pitta. So that is like the time for doing, accomplishing. Mm-hmm. 10 to 2 is when a lot of people like make their lists and start checking them off. Mm-hmm. If you're working, it's probably when you're working the hardest before yeah. you hit the lull. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like get it done before 2 p.m. Yep. because after 2 it's going to take you the rest of the day. Sure. Yeah. Need a coffee. <laughs> so <that>. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also like 
you know, because that's the time of really doing, accomplishing, um, pitta is the fire dosha. So that's when, according to Ayurveda, often you can feel best by eating the majority of your food during 10 to 2. Mm -hmm. So like a really big lunch, which, which is really interesting because in the United States, we really wait our dinners to be like our biggest right. meal of the day. Totally. Um, but I you don't. Know, I eat a huge like I eat a huge breakfast and normally I eat it late and then I usually eat a light lunch and light dinner and like snacks but like breakfast I do breakfast around like nine usually and it's big like eggs bacon fruit like avocado toast I mean yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I'm running around like crazy with kids so I like my lunch is oftentimes skipped or pushed back or like snacky and then I feel like crap and then I try to make up for it at dinner time and then I don't sleep well and it's a whole bad pattern that I'm yes. trying to figure out so this is great <laughs> I get it and especially with like how our work culture is mm -hmm. here like we don't get these lunches that they get you know in Europe to like go eat mm -hmm. a massive lunch and then maybe right. nap and then come back to work when pitch time is over yeah you know, our employers don't care about pizza time. So. <laughs> yeah. They need to give us more naps. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And meditation time. I guess yeah. we work from home, so we, I've napped on my us. lunch break. <laughs> yes. It's still really yes. cool how you can kind of see this, you know, coast across so many different cultures. Like, yeah. even if they weren't directly linked to Inca, Inca, what's going on with me? India, like they, like even in Mexico, you know, they've got siestas and they like really do have big lunches and really heavy yeah. foods, what we consider very heavy foods, like rice and beans and tortillas and like very, I don't know, heavy food. So I just think that's interesting that you can see it across cultures, how we've all kind of migrated towards a very similar, um, what works for just generally humans. And that's really cool to see that kind of come out in different ways through culture. Totally. And that's when I feel like I can jump on board with like, okay, there's something to this. So now mm -hmm. I want to learn about the why. When you see something like agreeing over and over and over, yes. but being described a million ways, it's like, okay, like this is probably some sort of truth, right? no matter how we're all describing it. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, 10 to 2, pitta. 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. is when you're going to transition into vata. So that's like the mind kind of everywhere, harder to stick to a to-do list. Probably the time, though, where you're wanting to like flit around, like turn on something on mm -hmm. TV, mm -hmm. watch that for 10 yeah. minutes, maybe go for a 15-minute walk, call this person, like just all over the place. And yeah, sure. Yeah, and those of us, unfortunately, that are still on the time clock, it's like, oh, dear. Like, <laughs> yes. yes, it's hard to stay focused. Those last Especially years. at home sometimes. Yes. You're like, oh, I, wait, I'm going to do laundry, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to – yeah, it's it's hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But then also, like, there's these positive qualities of Vata, which is uh, creativity mm -hmm. and, like, creation um so during that time too maybe like structuring your day to get the majority of your work like your checklist checked off that isn't necessarily the most exciting part of your day mm -hmm. done before two but then after two being like you know man um i'm gonna like sit down and do this like continuing ed course because that's exciting to me or things that kind of spark your creativity tend to jive better around that time of day for most people. And again, as we said, you know, maybe though, if someone has a very heavy vata disposition, 
Well, maybe between two and six, they feel like they just need to nap every day because that's overwhelming. Totally. Like, uh-huh. Too much vata going on. Like, uh-huh. So what works for one person may not work for all, but this is just a neat way of checking in with yourself, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so, yeah. And so two to six, um, of course, you know, usually you would eat like – a dinner within there. If you've eaten the majority of your food during pitta time, when the digestion is, you know, really revving, maybe you're not as hungry to eat a dinner, but still eating Ayurveda. And this is such a, um, like a fact or fiction too. I feel like so many people think of Ayurveda and think of these like yogis doing these fasts and cleanses. Hmm. Well, um, like Ayurveda teaches like very strongly and basically uh, you don't want to put your body out of balance and not eating puts your body out of balance. Sure. So, so eating regularly. So even when they're saying like best to eat your largest meal, the majority of your food toward the middle of the day, still eat breakfast, still eat lunch, still eat snacks if you need. Um, mm-hmm. The idea is to stay, to stay in balance. So yeah, um, 2 to 6 p.m. And then it starts all over again. So starting at 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., that's kapha time again. So it's like that heavy grounding. That's a good time to like read a book, play the music, get ready for bed. Um, And ideally, according to Ayurveda, you would be in bed trying to be asleep before 10 (laughs) p.m., Hey, I get, I do that. Whoops. I Check. do not. I know Check. I've been so bad lately. Uh, nope, um, whoops. Yeah. I love sleep. <laughs> Me too. <sighs> Still don't do it the right time. <laughs> Same. Same. I just have 10 a- to 2 a.m. I think you're about coming up on, right, oh Pitta? My yeah. Gosh, guys, yeah. I'm, I'm like long asleep. We went to bed at 8.30 last night. Oh, we went to oh, bed at 2.30 a.m. Oh, so yeah. Bad. We live different so, lives. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, just... Just ways to think about it. But um, yeah, 10 to 2 is Pitta again. Mm-hmm. So again, like during the day you ate your food, mostly during Pitta time. Well, at night you're doing your digesting and assimilating a lot while you're mm. sleeping. Your body's, you know, working through things and rebuilding. And then, um, yeah, 2 to 6 a.m. you're hitting that Vata time again before you wake up, which of course you could see again that flitting creativity um, I feel like our like craziest, wildest dreams that are just all over the place are always like right before we naturally wake up in the morning. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You like wake up and remember just the tail end of it and you're like, what the heck yeah. just happened? Yeah. That's yes. so true. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Vata time. Um, yeah. So, and I know that this is a lot like notes definitely help. We can figure something out where I can give you guys notes to upload or just link to like an easy page maybe that references everything when it comes to time and days and all but um yeah remember this is like a guideline right like this is like what we talked about is like this is not a rule like an intuitive eating we talk all the time about we're not making rules for you or saying this is what you have to be doing this this time of day but what this is is basically giving you a guideline of hey this might be what you're actually feeling like does this put vocabulary to how you're already feeling in your own body? And is it just making sense of it? Cause we are really cyclical and habitual people. And so mm-hmm. to kind of have that like structure to your day of like, Oh, no wonder I'm always tired at two 30. You know, it's like some people are like, what's wrong with me? I'm tired. And it's like, nothing's wrong with you. This is the cycle of your body, you know, and it's just being able to tune into that and put words to what you're feeling already. So I think that's so great. 
Mm-hmm. Completely. Yeah. yeah. It's so important. I think this touches on kind of our last episode too. Um, is just like weight is not um, weight is not like an easily controllable behavior. Like it's just kind of a symptom. And so just focusing on ways to, um, be more respectful to our bodies that in turn can kind of help us get to our set point weight. So like getting the sleep, eating, um, the meals when you're going to digest them best and getting like, you know, going to bed early and doing yoga, practicing meditation, all of these ways to de-stress, like all of these things are good, good tools that we would recommend to everybody. Like regardless of your weight, these are all things that we should be aiming for. Versus like actively trying to work against a period of time. Like if you're trying to be super, super active in these times that aren't really lining Mm -hmm. up with your body's activity time, like to work against your body is never going to put you in a good position as far as like being in balance or feeling at peace. You know, it's like working with those kind of waves of like, okay, now I'm energized and now I feel like I want to do this. You know, I talk about that a lot with like feeding kids. It's like work with them, not against them. Like, oh yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Your life becomes instantly easier. Like, and then do that with yourself, you know, respect your body's own cyclical nature and work with it and not against it. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. A thousand percent. Yes. That's what it is. And it's not a set of rules exactly like you said. Honestly, um, as much as I love Ayurveda, I love talking about it. I probably think about it um, maybe once a week at Mm -hmm. most because it's not something that you have to think about every day. You just are what you are. Like you are the constitution. You are the time to think about it is when you're feeling unbalanced when you're like, man, I'm not feeling good right now. So what's going on? And then that's when I think about like, okay, well, like I know that I'm a heavy pitta and vata. Mm -hmm. Um, So like what season is it right now? So am I out of balance in that way? How have I been exercising? How have I been sleeping? That's when I start to use these tools. Definitely not as like when I'm eating my lunch, I'm not thinking every day, like what is good for pitta? Right. No. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so, uh, applying then to nutrition. So everyone can take a dojo quiz to get an idea if you don't have like a super, you know, clear idea of what sorts of traits you might have. One thing that's like a really easy tool is I know as dietitians, we're taught, you know, ideal body weight calculations. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can go down 10% or use the calculation or go up 10%. And that's made to kind of vary because people have very different like constitutions and bone structures Mm -hmm. of course yeah um really loosely and this will not hit the ball out of the park 100 percent. but if you'd never want to take the quiz a day in your life and just want to be like i would like a two second way to think about Uh what i might be oh you're describing my husband right now (laughs) yeah yeah my husband would never take a quiz yeah 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 like these are worthless (laughs) yeah just a really quick and then sometimes like just as a way to kind of if you're trying to figure out how to help someone it it can give you a pretty good idea pretty quickly um but if you just like take a middle finger and thumb around your like wrist the smallest part of your wrist if it overlaps like that's a symptom of a a heavy vata bone structure, like mm, delicate mm-hmm. bone structure. If it's just touching, but no overlapping. That's me. Oh, me too. More pizza. Yeah, uh, there you go. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, if it's not touching, that's like a more kapha bone structure. Okay. So like my husband is, is super kapha. Uh-huh. Like 
he has got the best bones in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I hope he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Getting excited just talking about it. <laughs> That's what Guys, are. that's what you need in a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> you need some go- good bone structure. <laughs> oh, man. And you need a, a partner that's down for your weird comments. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let me feel your wrists. Can I touch Let your wrists? That's Those so are funny. some good bones. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes. And that's a good way too, though, right? To like, because I feel like the tendency is to be like, ooh, well, like, I want to be Vata, because that's like the naturally kind of more slender Eridosha, like the waif that culture teaches us. Mm-hmm. And then, like, like, I've had people, you know, feel like bummed if they have a lot of kapha in them or. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, like this is a way to talk about bone structure and like so many parts of um, health actually like kaffas are are healthy. Like again, they are the rocks and then also like physical beauty. um, And I could just go into all sorts of, you know, physical attributions that we put with each. Hmm. But I am here to say like, man, I am not kapha. And if there was like a magical tincture that I could take to like slather kapha on me, <laughs> I would pay big bucks for that. But right. not in my constitution. No. Um, but yeah, so when it comes to eating, um, okay, now I'm, I think we're all together. So I'm going to like add in one more little <laughs> yeah. word. You're pulling us along so yeah, great. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Because I've listened to a few podcast episodes or like tried to skim some books and it does get really heavy really fast and like uses terminology I don't understand. And I'm like, I'm out. What? Like, yeah. yeah, I don't have yeah. time. For, I'm very like, you know, flittery sometimes about that. <laughs> so you're doing totally. great. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. I think okay, we're all good. with you. Okay. Cause yeah, sometimes I hear myself talking and I feel like, um, did you ever see like that? Like shit yogi say YouTube video? No. no. Oh, now I have to look that yeah, up. We'll, oh, we'll you have this. to look it up. Cause I'm literally like, man, I am that person right now. <laughs> that is so funny. I bet that's um, amazing. I can already like imagine that. I know I'm at a new yoga studio and yesterday they just like overhearing some conversation. I was like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Uh-huh. This is peaceful. I'm just going to lay here and meditate before class starts. Or yeah, when people are like new and the instructors all like connect with your inner body solstice, look toward, you know, like just like the things that they say and people who are brand new are like, what, what the hell are you talking about? Like I literally have no, like it's such a learning process of like learning how to connect with those deeper yeah. parts of your body that you're like I'm supposed to look up towards what sun I'm in a room like yeah. <laughs> just stuff like that where you like, don't understand <laughs> totally. it so okay like, where Sorry, is my going. third eye I have two yes, eyes totally. yes what are you talking about yeah. yes. right right but I like the plane where we all live together you know no mm-hmm. one has to be like in the magical corner while other people are in the western corner like we can all sit in the middle of the room together and yeah we all we all are saying the same thing darn it yes um yeah so uh, when it comes to eating, um, so the next word is there There are foods that have qualities of vata and katha and pitta. And then there are foods that are sattvic. And so the word okay. sattvic means balanced. Basically, they are balancing to all of the doshas. They're not heavily skewed toward any one of them. Okay. 
So a great bet for like a very safe diet that's balancing is to make most of your staples that you eat in day-to-day life the sattvic foods. And of course, it just so happens that like the foods that we teach as dietitians that, you know, everyone identifies to be like wholesome foods Mm -hmm. are sattvic foods. Okay. When you're looking at like unrefined grains, um, fruits and vegetables, beans, nuts, legumes, and, you know, fats and oils. Okay. Ayurveda loves butter. I mean, they call it good. Now we're officially on board. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's like very sapphic, very pacifying. Um, So gosh, yeah, like those are all the staples. So again, like we're all speaking the same language. Like those are great staples for every diet. And then the other foods, there's no good food and bad food. It's just noticing the effect that that food has in you so that if you're feeling unbalanced, you can look to those first as a way to rebalance. Awesome. Um, I have a question too. On the quiz, what if you get where you're like 33% of each? You you are one of the like 5% of humans that is tri-doshic. Did you get that? I just did it. And I was like (laughs) literally like 33% everything. And I was like, what? I mean, it was like one was like 34% and one was like 32%. But I was like, this can't be right. So I'm going to retake it later and I'll let you know. But I was like, is that bad? Does that mean I failed it if I'm like almost equal in all? And then I'm even looking at like just the characteristics and it's like physically I'm more pitta. But then like when I'm out of balance, I like definitely look more like a vata. Yeah. Um, So so it's it's interesting. (laughs) This is a good point, too, because you're taking this quiz right now in Vata season. So you, even though your dosha doesn't change throughout your life, the way that you answer some questions might change if you're Mm -hmm. a little uh, out of balance. So I -hmm. would venture to say most of us in Colorado right now are a little out of balance in Vata because Colorado is such a Vata state as it is. It is like dry, windy, cold. Um, Sure. I'd, Brooke, I'd be curious if you took the quiz again in summer during pitta mm-hmm. season. It probably won't be drastically different, but it right. might swing a little away from that vata. I found summer. that with like the Enneagram too. It's like I have tested several times and I've gotten different numbers like it, with, between the same four numbers every time. So I come across as a one, a two, a seven, and an eight every time. And I'm like, okay, I, I have to be one. Well, you don't have to, you know, whatever. But like, yeah. what's my primary, you know? And over time, as you get more and more in tune with yourself, those quizzes can only go so far. Exactly. So then eventually you learn like, okay, now I know pretty solidly that I'm an eight. Like I know that I'm an eight, but I have a lot of qualities of the one, the two, the seven as well. Mm-hmm. So like over time, I've learned that even though those quizzes can be all over the place I know that like my biggest fear aligns with an eight and my drive aligns with an eight and the way that I interact with people aligns with an eight so like I've now come to that conclusion too so even though the quiz might say and you might absolutely be like the 30 percent across the board or whatever but eventually you might learn actually tend to go towards this area like even Mm -hmm. even just marginally you know yes absolutely and I like what you said too about like after a while you can kind of learn to just check in with yourself without like necessarily needing the label. Right. Exactly. Um, like it's, it's of course really fun to be yeah, like, uh-huh. yeah, I'm a pizza. Like, Ooh, I'm feeling, you know, 
that's fun. Um, but also like, even if no one ever did a quiz, it's so helpful to just know like, okay, right now, like I'm feeling so like, um, I have a lot of vata. So right now I'm like, man, my skin is dry. My lips are so dry. But it's Denver or Colorado. <laughs> I know. Um, like my brain is all over the place. Like I have right. five creative projects going on right now. And totally. then like all my editors are waiting for my edits to come back because that requires the extra drive that I'm just like, nope, uh, already nope. on to the next project. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, I just know like, okay, I can check in with myself. I have this kind of out of balance vata right now. So what do I do about that is the next step. So in Ayurveda, you always bring something back into balance by applying the opposite. Okay. So this is where there's like this like aha moment for me again when I'm looking at this and I'm like, yes, this has to be a truth because this makes sense with what I know to be true in the world. Right. So right now we're in winter. We are a little probably all out of balance as anyone that has any sort of vata in us the kaphas who are just pure kapha are loving it right now they're feeling like alive and balanced the rest of us are we're making it um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh so like what can you do to bring that into balance so food is only one tool you know there are mm -hmm. so many when we talk about wellness but if you want to look at your food and this is where it's so great. You can buy entire books of Ayurvedic nutrition. You can learn the exact foods. I mean, I know I've written articles about it. Like mm -hmm. here's five foods to help bring your vata into balance. You can do that. You don't have to. You can just think through it like intuitively. So like mm -hmm. right now I'm feeling a little ADD. My brain's all over the place. I feel light. I feel airy. Using this vocabulary to describe how I'm feeling, I feel dry. I feel cracked. Mm -hmm. What would be like some intuitive foods that like sound good to eat when you feel that way? Like, Soup. <laughs> yeah, totally. Hydration. Oh, sorry. Yeah. My dog's coughing. <laughs> Hydration. Yeah. I crave like, um, like baked foods. Like I want like oh, cookies yeah. and ice cream this time of year. Uh -huh. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> And so then it, it's like just interesting because like fatty foods, I guess, like I love adding butter to my oatmeal in the mm -hmm. winter, whereas in the summer I'm kind of like, eh, like I don't really, it doesn't yeah. sound as good to me. Um, Smoothies so and salads, like when those mm -hmm. come like in the summer and spring, it's like versus winter, you're like, eh, no, I want more warm foods, cozy. Yes, yes, exactly. So um, the like amazing magical thing, and this is why it benefits us, I think, to learn to observe our bodies in the same way and using the same vocabulary that we observe nature, is that nature naturally produces seasonal foods at that time of year or if it can't produce like in the winter the foods that are available for us to eat like fermented right. food, nuts seeds meats stews um potatoes those are the foods that are naturally balancing to that dosha in that season awesome. so and how long have we been teaching people to eat seasonally to eat you know seasonally. Yeah. exactly exactly but then again as a dietitian it's like don't you always kind of then hate when the person in the back of the class is like but what are the exact health benefits yes of eating seasonally? and you're like right. no questions just <laughs> no questions please yeah. well and like the food is fresh you know like yeah. you yes. you want to like go to the farmer's market and buy what's in season because it's going to taste better like buying avocados or strawberries out of season they're still 
the fruit that we want, but they're just not going to last as long and taste as good. So. Well, and literally totally. the, the soil has a cycle to it. You know, mm-hmm. soil either holds on to or lets go of certain nutrients depending on what's being grown there or the climate or things like you're talking about. So certain times of the year, soil has more magnesium and less magnesium or whatnot. And so actually the foods that are produced that are able to grow in the soil at that time will have better, you know, nutrients in them and more nutrient rich than like a sweet potato grown outside of soil in a lab or something like that. It's just always going to be true that our earth can provide for that. So that's, you know, just again, how science can kind of catch up to something that India has known for years. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or like that, gosh, just that we know, like, right. without, yeah, that's the beauty. It's like when you're leaning into the cycle of nature and the body, you don't even have to know why you're doing what you're doing. You're just doing what's healthy. Right. Like you can take your brain out of it, which yes. is so, so, so relieving. Yes. And then also such a relief, right? When like this time of year, you're like, man, am I just like this monster now that eats like stew and cookies and ice cream and cheese? Like, is this what I eat now for my uh-huh. life? And then it's like, no, this is this time of year. And this is actually what is balancing to me right now. And then exactly like you said, Alyssa, as it starts to transition into spring, like mm-hmm. just lean in because then that's when all of a sudden it's like, man, like greens sound really good right now. Right. sounds really good. Totally. And it just so happens that's kapha season. And yep. those are heavy vata foods. So if we were to try to like <laughs> so be I got eating those right now, of that. Like it's that so it's cool. Yeah. So cyclical. And so just makes sense because so many of us are so stuck in our ruts of like, nope, every morning for breakfast, I eat oatmeal with blueberries and butter or whatever it is. Yes. And then you're like halfway into summer or spring and you're like, oh, this is horrible. Like, I hate this. This is gross. Like, I'm so tired of eating the same breakfast. I'm in a rut or things like that. It's like, if you can be a little bit more flexible and actually, like you said, like lean into what sounds good, what feels good and be more fluid with yourself and pay attention to that kind of like fluidity that life brings, which I'm not great at all the time. Like it's so much easier. It sounds harder because like in a perfect world, in my perfect, my pitta brain of like, I need a spreadsheet and I want everything to be the same. Like I remember with my midwife when I was trying to get my V back and I was like, well, I have a list of everything I need to do to get my V back. And every day I check it off and she's like, you need to rip that up and just listen to your body because your body already knows what to do. Like it was the best advice for me to be like, oh, take a deep breath. Like it's okay to like go with the flow and be more like um, almost it feels less intentional because I'm not making a plan, but it actually becomes way more intentional because you're tuning in on a deeper level and actually honoring that kind of response of your body. And it's like a very responsive feedback loop that you're closing all the time. Yes, a thousand percent. So yeah, just like when in doubt, look to what's seasonal, you know, building Mm -hmm. meals around those staples that are sattvic foods that are exactly what you could ask a doctor or a dietitian or a Chinese practitioner. All these people are going to say that those are great staple foods. So everyone agrees and then lean into seasonal foods, you know, for the outside of your diet. And like sometimes not like, you know, of course, like I love cherries. I buy cherries year round. I'm that person that spends so much money, but I love (laughs) them. Uh Um, And like, no, they're not seasonal all year round, but like, I love them. So, you know, there's not like something that you're going to eat that it's like, oh, all of a sudden your balance is gone. Yeah. (laughs) No balance coming back to you. It's all just a, 
I like I like how you guys say I you know exactly how many meals you eat in your life and you're mm-hmm. like one meal is not gonna change mm-hmm. everything right yeah it's Same all just marginal idea. changes all the time so mm-hmm. yes and then I want to touch on just like very briefly too um oh so really quick when it comes to seasonal eating as much as that feels like it should be intuitive there are often times where it's a weird time of year and I'm like man what is even yeah. seasonal so that you can do a quick google search of like seasonal grocery shopping lists and that's been like a great start for me because it also just reminds me of foods that i like forget to eat like radishes in the spring totally like them never think of them yep so that's helpful um but okay then to just like quickly touch on exercise and activity for dosha type because I think it's so important too, and something that Western medicine does not do a great job of. Western medicine says like, when it comes to exercise, here's what's healthy. Like this much cardio exercise per week, um, heart rate above this. Well, through an Ayurvedic lens, someone who is more prone to like the lighter, wafier, smaller constitution, such as a Vata, probably loves running because that's like that type of quick fast-paced constitution that they are not always good for a vata if a vata feels out of balance um you know a lot of times uh females who are running a lot will like lose their period or their menstruation right a first thing to look at sometimes is like okay where's your vata balance at like can we bring it back into balance with some heavier more grounding foods more fats more oils um and mm-hmm. if not then like maybe looking at how to do a more grounding exercise such as walking or more stretching bringing in more kapha through exercise mm-hmm. and then vice That's versa cool the polar opposite then would be someone who has a very heavily kapha constitution maybe is the person who like hates exercise that involves like any sort of bouncing or jumping and that's okay totally okay um but if if, if a kapha is feeling out of balance often they'll feel like sluggish depressed um have constipation so if these are symptoms of kapha imbalance coming up then it's like hey how can we look at physical activity that's going to bring in just some more like vibrancy so maybe like Mm -hmm. dancing like a dance class or doing dance in your house maybe just like some brisk walking like power walking to like get the heart rate up get the lungs pumping um and then pitta in the middle it's like so interesting so pittas are always like the ones training for the races (laughs) (laughs) not me see that's why that's where i'm not a pitta yeah that's your i I just want to go do yoga (laughs) yeah um, I so, literally uh, just signed up for a half marathon and a nope. bike ride across. It's like a bike race across Iowa. It's like all these things. We like totally There you go. Not and it's so intensity. funny, Allie, because you'll do it. And someone who had a strong kapha would be like, absolutely not. And someone yeah. with a strong vata would be like, I mean, maybe, but I also want to do this that time of year. And I also want to do this and that. Yeah. Like, That's yeah. Funny. So it's like, great. It's awesome that everybody is their dosha because right. like, you're inspiring. I will decide I want to do 10 other things and a race and I will never do 
most of them usually. Right. Uh huh. Um, so that's so cool. But then, then also to your point, Brooke, like with yoga, so pitches like totally are the ones in the hot yoga classes and in the power yoga classes or yoga school. <laughs> that is I where like, you will find yep. all the pitches. I like all of them, but you know, sometimes the heat just gets to me. I love the heat and, because and I want to sweat. Like, I like need the sweat. Yeah, but I would like, I'd rather do warm yoga where it's like, it's like 90 degrees yeah. and I'm doing the hard stuff. I don't need like, like Bikram, that's too hot for me. I feel it's like hot. I'm going to throw it's up. It's really hot, yeah. So it's like I like the warmth, but I don't like it's super, super hot. But I do like, and I like the variety of yoga. I love gentle yoga. I yes. love like restore yoga, but I also love the sculpt. Like, yeah, all of it is I fun. love the gentle yoga, but then at the end I'm like, okay, more, where's my workout though? Oh no, it feels so <laughs> good. <Yeah>. You, <laughs> I feel like everything you say could be like hashtag pizza. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I, I, think, know. I think you have a higher percentage oh, than I sure. do. <laughs> I bet I'm like yeah. 70 or 80%. Yeah, which is so awesome. But then, so then, you know, just like keeping it as a tool in your back pocket. Right. Like if you're ever in a time in your life where you're just like, gosh, I'm feeling like mad and aggressive in general yep. or like reflux or like diarrhea can be symptoms of too much fire in pizza. Yeah. Then maybe looking at like, okay, maybe I need to like cool my jets and do some restorative yoga. Sure. For a while. Yes. Yeah. Well, and Brooke's been really good for that for me too, as she's introduced me to a lot of exercises that I'm like, why would you ever do that? Blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> and then I try it and I'm like, Oh, this is great. Like, and then sometimes you're like, why okay. do you do this? <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Bar. Like bar Ugh. class. She's like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah. But like gentle swimming. yoga for sure. Swimming, yeah. you know, we did together. And I was like, I never expected to like swimming at all and like have loved it. So yeah, there's, it's so important to like, like you said, find that balance and be in that state of balance. And it's so hard to put verbiage to it. So this has been kind of a cool exercise to be able to like have some sort of just guidelines and scope of like what it feels like when you're in balance, what it feels like when you're out of balance and then how to kind of bring attention and awareness to that so that you can kind of move back into a place of balance, which is so what Brooke and I talk about all the time with intuitive eating. Like if that food didn't agree with you and you're in the bathroom all day or, you know, you just feel a little off or a little, you know, confused or foggy or something, look into the food that you ate, but also it may not be the food. Like we've talked about this before. It's like, thousand percent. yeah, it could have been, you got less sleep or you got more sleep or your kid was being crazy or you, you know, whatever it may be. It could be a thousand things, but yes. food is a portion of that to look into. And it, it sounds the same here. This is really, really interesting for sure. Yeah. yeah. So we definitely will link exciting. the quiz. And then, um, I found a really cool chart online, so I don't know if I can upload it. Um, but that might be yeah, cool I was too. At that. that looked cool. Yeah. And then, um, we will put a link to your social media and then anything else. Is there anything else you want us to know about you at this point? Oh, I would say um, anyone with any questions, feel free to reach out. I, <laughs> on the theme of cycles, I like went through this big cycle where I was like, man, I am a teacher. I'm going to teach yoga. I am going to do private consultations. And then I transformed into this next phase of my cycle that's like, man, I'm a student. I am not a teacher of anything. So all of that being said, I am here for all questions and inquiries via my webpage. I don't want your money. So like send a question. <laughs> I love like answering questions or just like talking about things with anyone who wants to talk about it. Um, and if you want to pay awesome. someone, I can definitely refer you to someone to, uh -huh. to do an exchange <laughs> of money. But um, 
Yeah, and then um, other otherwise, I do want your money for freelance writing gigs. So anyone that's yes. interested in that's fantastic. a freelance writer, get at me through that venue as well. She's an amazing yeah. writer, you guys. Really yeah. incredible. Very inspiring and very like, I've told her this before. I'm but jealous. Yeah, I know. <gasps> I just, I don't have the patience for it yet. I yeah. want to be a better writer and it's definitely something I'm interested in doing. But also my style is very different than hers is. Yours is so beautiful and like puts words to how your soul feels. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mine's like, hey, let's get off the couch and do stuff. And I'm like really motivating and like whatever. And hers is very like, hey, calming. Yeah, it's so calming and beautiful. And like, it we're really a good team. Yeah, because yeah, I'm sure. like, you're fine. Stay on the couch. How does that yes. feel? Yeah, I love that. I can resonate with that. Yeah. I like that <laughs> for sure. But it's beautiful. And you know, I mean, yeah. So check out her writing too. We'll link to some of your articles too. I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, read, absolutely. So. Oh, thank you so much, Brittany, for being on. We appreciate it so much. That was yeah. awesome. Thank yeah, you. Was such a good conversation. Really, awesome. I learned this a lot. Be an awesome episode. I know. I'm gonna so. do like five more quizzes. I know. I'm gonna tell <laughs> yeah. you what I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I could actually see though that like knowing you, Brooke, you're probably pretty tradoshic, and that happens. Yeah, Some that people too. are. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think it makes me more balanced. <laughs> <laughs> don't be fooled you can still get out of balance as your right? earbud from Allie's ear yes. almost pulls out of your ears <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we're just gonna go with I'm a pretty balanced person <laughs> pretty level-headed <laughs> oh, thank you so much Brittany we'll have to have you on thank again you and chat yeah. more about this because yeah, we'll I feel like we fun. could talk about this forever yeah so. forever. for sure yeah, yeah. Okay. absolutely all right thanks, thanks you guys so much. have a good rest of your day have a good day you too <laughs> bye bye, bye.